Good afternoon, everybody. This is the More Self-Discovery Podcast, the podcast where we discuss a variety of topics that will lead you on the path to self-discovery. I'm your host, Harriet Westmore, and thank you for joining us today. Today, we have a special guest who is a life coach herself, as I am, and she likes to help uh, people to understand um, the complexities of racism. And uh, I... Without further ado, I'll let her um, go into it. Um, what her background is, um, she her name is uh, I'm sorry, her name is Clarissa uh, Lafustier. Lafustier, I'm sorry. <laughs> pretty last name. Pretty last name. Thank you. Um, she is a black entrepreneur and professional life coach, and she has a passion for helping others navigate through the adversity and to find personal growth and fulfillment. Um, she does understand the unique challenges and obstacles faced by the Black community and believe in the power of mindfulness, emotional intelligence, and self-healing. Um, after overcoming her own struggles of depression and ADHD through therapy and conditioning, her resilience through goal setting and self-care, she decided to become a certified life coach in 2019. So without further ado, um, I Welcome, Clarissa, and or we call her Life Coach Chloe. <laughs> so, welcome today. I appreciate you stopping by and talking with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, give me a little bit of background. I know you have a, a great bio, um, but tell me your challenges and what made you become a life coach. Yeah. So, you know, I've I do lots of things. I've always been someone who is always been curious about learning and, and trying out new things. But I think what always been my, my, my cornerstone is how people are feeling in team morale and just the humanity um, aspect of how we go about our lives. So, you know, I have done a lot in the tech community for, you know, operations and human resources. And I think that just kind of snowballed into other things. And so I've done, um, you know, volunteer career coaching in my own community, because in the tech community, there's a lot of need for folks, especially those who are in our black and brown communities trying to pivot into tech. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you don't know what you don't know. And having people who can help guide you and give you input of their experience to hope that it, you know, kind of fuels you to move forward. Um, I was doing a lot of that. So I was already doing um, things like career coaching as a leader. I've done lots of coaching for my employees and all my direct reports. That's one of the things that I enjoyed the most about Mm -hmm. being a manager is being able to help people grow, help my employees grow. 
So I think all of that just kind of just been baked in my personality. So I just took it to the next steps, which is I wanted to, you know, help my company at the time be more inclusive. You know, when you're that one person in the organization that people feel like they can trust you and they can kind of vent about mm-hmm. what's going on in the workplace. <clears throat> I was starting to get very disheartened because I seen a lot of really great talent that looked like me that was, you know, feeling discriminated against. They mm-hmm. feel like they didn't fit in their workplace. Um, and I just got tired of hearing it, frankly, and just wanted to do something, <clears throat> do something about it. I wanted to see if there's a possibility that I can help make these changes in the organization to where I don't see my friends leave, you know, because they just aren't getting the value and not feeling valued in their work spot. And I think that moved me into studying um, anti-racism and the principles around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. And that was several years ago. That was about seven years ago. And I had decided then that I was going to start being able to actually practice and consult on DEI after I kind of got my legs beneath me and had some really fantastic mentors that saw it in me that I didn't really see in myself. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, carrying that on, doing my own therapy and unpacking some of my own isms Mm -hmm. just kind of laid the foundation of being a personal coach just it just works, right? I'm already doing that in some level with executives in, you know, my DEI consulting business. And that, and on a level is personal coaching. And so that has kind of led me down this, this path because as I was working with these executives, I started, you know, behind closed doors, starting hearing some of their concerns and some of their worries of, Mm -hmm. I don't really get this, or I don't understand what this is about, or I'm afraid to say the wrong thing. All of these, you know, frankly, excuses, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, of what's holding them back from allowing diversity and inclusion to be a a true principle in their workplace. So I was like, well, I'm going to start offering that to people because I'm starting to hear more and more behind these closed doors that, people would like to be less of the problem and more the solution. Mm -hmm. However, you can't be part of the solution if you don't know how to speak to it. Right. Don't have that, what I call, um, and some of us call um, racial literacy, being Mm -hmm. able to speak adequately about it and uh, being able to explain and articulate and also be able to have space to unpack your own isms. All of us have some internalized isms that we need to work towards. And for me, I always felt that if I'm going to coach, I'm going to coach the whole person. And anti-racism is a part of your personal development and your personal growth. So why not? So, um, which is great. Um, Tell the people who may not understand the uh, dynamics of what um, diversity, inclusion, and um, equity means. Yes, yes, because that those those terms get rolled around so much, sometimes their meaning just kind of disappears. Mm-hmm. So it's a good question. So um, 
I like to do it backwards. So let's talk about inclusion. Inclusion basically means that you are bringing in, you're bringing in people from communities who have been historically marginalized, ignored, and in essence devalued and giving them, uh, allowing them that space to be a part of everyone else's discussion <clears throat> and not just be there, but actually have agency and power to be able to make changes and have a seat at the table as everybody else, right? Okay. So that's inclusion. Mm -hmm. Equity is what a lot of people tend to forget or not quite understand because they will conflate it with equality. They're mm -hmm. not the same. So long story short, equality is, let's say that you and I are um, going to take a look at a baseball game over the fence, right? Mm -hmm. This is a very popular visual that's floating around in the community to help explain the difference. But we're trying to peek over this fence to see the game. Now, I am significantly shorter than you. Mm -hmm. um, so if we're standing on the same ground together, we both have access to the same piece of fence, that's equal. However, mm -hmm. it's not equal for me. I'm shorter and I can't see over the fence. You can see over the fence because you're taller than me. Mm -hmm. These are things that neither one of us have the opportunity to control physically, right? Mm -hmm. Equity is you getting me a crate or something safe for me to stand on so I am able to see the game just like you can over the fence. So, I like that. Yeah. So that is what equity is. Equity, equality is just giving everybody the same thing mm -hmm. in this kind of belief that everybody needs the same thing, which we know is not true. Right? right. Equity is giving people what they need to have a fair advantage as everybody else. I like that analogy because I, I it, it just from what you said, it's just like you're just leveling the playing field for those who are needing exactly. extra. Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. And that's what equity is. And when you do those things, theoretically, if you focus on inclusion, bringing the people in the forefront who had been in the back for so long, mm -hmm. giving them equity, allowing them to have the same level playing field as everybody else, then you're going to actually have diversity. Diversity is actually the goal. It's not the first thing that you seek out. It's mm -hmm. the result of you being equitable, fair, just, and including the people who needs that power to be a part of the conversation as everybody else. Great definition. It, I mean, it, it's just simple. I mean, when you break it down like that, I mean, it's very easy to understand because, you know, like you said, you hear the uh, DEI, DEI, you know, and people may not really understand what the, yeah. you know, the what that really means, but the way your analogy and how you broke it down is really, you know, I, I, I like the, the the example that you've um put out there Good. so with that being said how um receptive um once you decided that there is a definite need for um to train a lot of these companies in in um dei mm -hmm. um how receptive were companies coming to you to ask for help or was there a lot of um finagling negotiations and things so there's been a mixed bag. So uh, the, the best examples are the ones who um, seek me out and, you know, after we have our first conversation. So 
what I do is, is I like any good <laughs> uh, practitioner consultant, you need to kind of gauge the interest level of somebody who's working with you because you want to be able to work with somebody who wants change and right. like, you're going to be able, you're going to need to be able to be okay with that and subscribe to that if you're going to work on DEI work. However, we can't forget that there's a lot of performative behavior in organizations when it comes to anti-racism and DEI. Frankly, mm -hmm. there's a lot of organizations that just want to appear that they're doing the work without mm -hmm. actually doing the work. So we right. call that performative. Mm -hmm. um, so you might, what I, what I do uh, is if you have a client that says, look, I just want to be able to do some unconscious bias trainings um, and, you know, be able to do that for our, our company. And I'm like, nope, then I'm not the consultant for you <laughs> because that is, that is so like far down the line. We have already done lots of data and research to show that that is not helpful training mm -hmm. and it, it actually does more harm than good. And it's really more of a check the box thing of like, Hey, we did this training now we're good. Right. Right. So, right. You'll, you'll get some of that. Um, whereas, you know, you, you know, you just don't want to really deal with that because that's a really good flag to tell you that if you want to actually make changes in their organization, like policy changes, mm -hmm. like the love language of the oppressed is policy and law. You know, if you want to change, if you want to show that you're caring and you're being an advocate, you need to change the books, basically. Mm -hmm. So when I start getting that feeling of, oh, I don't know if we're ready for that, then yeah, I'm not interested in working with them. And they honestly wouldn't get any value out of what I'm going to offer because I lived under the hood in organizations of, you know, how they hire, how they recruit, how they fire, how they manage. I want to, I want to know all of that because I want to see where the gaps are and how you do something for one thing may not be, you know, equal and fair to others as well. Right. Uh, right. So you'll get some of those who are kind of like, ah, oh, they just want to do the bare minimum so they can kind of check the box. Mm -hmm. But then you do run across those who are learning um, however, means that they're trying to get this information to realize that, you know, this is not a dig at your organization or you for realizing like, oh, maybe there's some change here. It's a dig when you don't do anything about it. Right. You know? So I have been fortunate to also run into clients who have seeked me out because they're like, look, we don't want to just do some training and just like wipe our hands and say we're good. We actually mm -hmm. want someone to come in and tell us what we're doing wrong. If there is uh, a discrimination potential issue, we want you to call it out. If there's a white supremacy issue in the way we treat our hires or the way we I want you to call it out. We want you to help us fix it because we don't want to be part of the problem. Those are the ones that we want to gravitate and we want to work with, right? right I right. want those who are willing to pull things apart and restructure because that's what it takes when you're managing, when you're dealing with systemic racism is you have to change the system. That's mm -hmm. how it works. <laughs> Absolutely. And listening to you say that I, I've um, in my line of work or, or the years that I've, you know, worked in um, my field, which is, you know, legal or law enforcement, you know, we are mandated to go through the certain trainings. And, and I often wonder, especially the diversity or cultural, cultural 
training. And I always, mm -hmm. you know, just listen to what you're saying and differentiate the the um, ability of to actually, if they actually want it or if they're just doing it, you know, to be honest, just to get that grant money or whatever, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or, yeah. or just like you said, check the box. Yeah. And so, um, and you can tell by the dynamic of, of the class, I mean, the, the administration, if they, you know, which one is which. Mm -hmm. And from what you're saying, the ones that are, who really want to, in their hearts, really want to do what's best for the company and for their staff and really want to be a part of the solution rather than, you know, the ongoing problem. Yeah. And I would think that would be the idea, like you said, the idea and a very great um, uh, collaboration to work with. Yeah. And with that being said, how how are the staff themselves, not only the, you know, the executive, but the staff, how, do, how what's their reception of that, of your training? Yeah. Yeah. So I think in, in times where I've worked with organizations where we we ended up doing some trainings, the way that it usually rolls out is I go in and we we need to find out if there's a problem first. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I've been in operations for many years. And my thing is first show that there's a problem. So every good DEI practitioner in work is done by gathering data. I want to talk to the employees. I don't mm -hmm. just want to talk to the execs. I want to talk to the staff. I want to like get some focus groups and learn from them from their own mm -hmm. lips. How are things going? How are they feeling? I want to be able to aggregate that information because what I tell my clients and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to be in a, another discussion this month about it is I tell my clients, I don't work for them. They might sign my checks, but if I'm working for an organization, my duty is to their employees. I mm -hmm. work for them because they're the ones that's going to get the effects on all the changes that we do here. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear from them. I want to know what's going on from them, what they need, what they feel like that the organization is lacking. And then then I want to be able to determine, okay, so maybe we have some opportunity to help like maybe mid-management or the leadership learn more about how to be good coaches and how to be good mentors, mm -hmm. um, how to sponsor people, like how to sponsor black women. I tell white men and white women who are in very high levels of, of uh, power and uh, position in organizations of you can use that influence. Everyone who has any kind of political or social capital you being a part of the solution is using that to help someone else. Right. And one of the things that we miss a lot in our professional lives is mentorship and sponsorship. And sponsorship is being able to advocate for somebody when they're not in the room. So if you're a sponsor for a Black woman, you're in these rooms where they're talking about new opportunities, new jobs, new projects that could help elevate somebody that you know. And there's a black employee that you know does good work mm -hmm. for them, speak up for them, mention their names. Like this person would be good for this opportunity. You might want to reach out to them. These are like the kind of things that we want to teach the staff and make and see that when we talk about these things around DEI, what people tend to start um, realizing is, well, this stuff is kind of like 
kind of human resources kind of stuff. It's not anything like, yes, it's exactly yeah, right. Not anything. This is not rocket science. This is not some kind of, you know, villain propaganda stuff that's coming to, you know, change and like do any kind of uh, reverse discrimination. Like that term doesn't even exist, but mm-hmm. that's what we want to say. It's none of that. It's really just making sure that you are being good to your employees, treating them like human beings, treating them like you care and offering them opportunities for growth, which is people like you and me who are coaches. This, this is something that just makes sense. It doesn't right. feel like anything that's, you know, a difficult, you know, concept to, you know, adopt. But sometimes when people just hear that word, they mm-hmm. don't associate it with things like mentorship, you know, sponsorship, making sure that there is, you know, understanding around flexible times for those who are caretakers. Mm-hmm. All that stuff is is DEI work, you know? Right. And so mm-hmm. like the staff for the ones that are usually pushing for this, they just don't have the power, mm-hmm. you know? So normally they have to find a champion who is an exec to say, we need somebody to come in here and help us with this because we need to. But normally so- it's the staff that are just like, yeah, Bring in a consultant. Right, right. They help us. <laughs> and I'm sure they tell you, you know, it's not nothing script. They tell you exactly what's going on and how they feel as far as what has been, how they feel as being devalued yep. as, um, you know, an employee. So after they go through the program, after you've um, bring them the tools and the resources that they need, have you seen um, what are the best outcomes that you've, that you've seen? Yeah. So I've been proud to see like, so my niche is also working with smaller businesses because they have more of a challenge, right? When you're working with a fortune 500 company, they have millions of dollars that they can throw at, you know, potential solutions and changes and things. But when you are a smaller business and you still have a responsibility to make a fair and inclusive workplace for your employees, you know, it gets a little hard of people trying to understand what that looks like when you mm-hmm. don't have a lot of money or dollars. Mm-hmm. But once they learn from me that there's lots of things that they can do that doesn't require, you know, a whole lot of, you know, monetary lift, you know, they start to understand that these are things that they can do sustainably. And that's my goal is I want to come in and help you do these things to where even though you have a small staff, you can still keep it going. Mm -hmm. So one of them is, you know, an employee resource group, which are pretty big in a lot of organizations. Um, They're kind of like affinity groups, but they're focused on identities. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have those who are black women in tech, uh, will normally have a, a employee business group for, you know, any kind of black professionals that want to learn and connect to the community with other black professionals. And then it helps the company because that's part of your brand that's going Mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. You're also helping your employees meet with each other, network, work with also the external community and help elevate each other. And if those um, employees who are not who don't identify with that community but want to help, then they can be a part of that. And you know the uh, the actual um, 
employee resource group can help give them understanding of like, here's how you can help us. Here's how you can be better advocates in the community. Here's how you can be just basically a better human being to your employees, right? right. So right. those type of things I like to work on with companies so they have something that is continued. And they their champions, who are usually people in their staff, are not getting burnt out because that's mm-hmm. what typically happens. It's usually somebody like us, one of us, because that's how I did, mm-hmm. how I started mm-hmm. is you're the first person to say something, you want to be part of the change, and then you go in. But if they're not giving you additional resources, they're not paying you more because they normally like to put that work on us just because we're interested in it, but we still need to be paid for that work. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Pay your people, people. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> then you start burning out your champions and then they leave, you know, and then that's when everything falls down mm-hmm. because they just kind of was running on that one or two people to keep everything moving and just kind of forgot about it. But then when they get burnt out, there's nobody else to carry the torch. Right. So we do a lot of work on that with sustainability. And so one of my latest clients, you know, I check in on them. I check in on my clients like every six months just Mm -hmm. to see how things are going. Um, They had finally um, had kicked off their first employee resource group and they had their, um, their new like newly set up committee and they have been running through like goals for the year and um, they set up a payment like incentive program to pay uh, their uh, employee resource group leads uh, money to make sure that they have a stipend for the work that they're doing. And so they've they've been running that successfully and they've been getting some things moving. Of course, you're going to find those clients are mostly eager for things to move faster Mm-hmm. But I tell them not to worry about speed, make sure that things are just slowly progressing and moving to the next step. And then you'll they'll get there. Right. But some of these things do take a long time um, and you just got to keep at it and not just kind of be quick to give up. So right. seeing them do that, that's that's the kind of outcome I like to see in the work I do, mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, when I pull data from them. Uh, which they have now, you know, they actually, if I ask them about how's their, you know, um, their demographics of those in management positions, they can pull data now and that I see that, okay, so there is not just straight white, you know, all across the board and all of our management, we have a mixture of women and men and non-binary people. We have, we have a mix there of people in power then that's, I'm saying that like then that's the work that you should be doing. When right. You're making an equitable, fair environment and you're including the right folks, then you're gonna get that diversity of people. Like that happens last. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. And that that's exactly what I was, you know, wanting to hear the outcome. Well, if somebody, you know, got promoted and you mm-hmm. know, there's more, you know, influx of diversity of people yeah. and they are implementing um your strategies of what you have taught them. So if a company wanted to reach out to you, how can they do that? Um, so like two ways. So um, execs, if they're looking to like learn their own, um, to unpack their own isms and just be better um, execs and better mm-hmm. leaders, I offer advocacy and anti-racism racism, personal coaching at lifecoachclo.com. Okay. 
and they're welcome to sign up for sessions there. And we, we hit the ground running and they get lots of education, lots of homework and books to, to, to work through. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been good for me to have a couple of um, executive clients who have, you know, had a rapport with me that they trusted me to want to work in a private setting. And it has done wonders for their executive skills in mm-hmm. this. I've been told that it helped them look at things a different way. It helped them lead in a different manner um, because they're now understanding the different disparities that exist with people and not just thinking that this is just a colorblind world and everybody gets the same piece of cake and all of that. Now that you lift up that veil, you tend to see things differently. Like racism is kind of like a zit that if nobody really, like if once you point at it, you can't unsee it. You're right. See it everywhere now. You'll start to understand about the history of things and how things are now and how little has changed in the grand scheme of things. And then you start realizing, I don't want to perpetuate that. I want to change it. Awesome. So for those who are watching, um, lifecoachclo.com is is her website that you want to reach out to her to get some further understanding of your biases and how to change some of those. I mean, we, like you said, we all have them mm-hmm. and, and it's not about, you know, we're not, we're all, we're all trying to have, create the same goal in our company and to, you know, keep our company moving forward. We don't have to do a kumbaya type thing. And, and that's not exactly. going to happen. It may happen. It may not. It may not. Yeah. And yeah. But the end goal is teamwork and teamwork yeah. makes the dream work. It really, really does. The collaboration that happens. Um, so for, for companies that are interested or if anyone knows that there's some um, some organizations that want to work with me on a larger organizational scale, um, then my I am a serial entrepreneur, of course. And so I have my DEI consultancy and inclusion.logic.com. Okay. And I will have that in the show notes for yeah. Okay. And they're, they're welcome to reach out to me there. And I like to, you know, have a, a, a free consultation that I meet with them and just kind of get an understanding of why they feel that they need a, a DEI consultant, because that really helps me see how serious and, and, and what some of the issues that they're encountering to help. So this has been awesome. Um, Life Coach Clo has been, um, you can tell, I could just hear the passion of your voice, of, of your of your job. And, and I just, you know, it, it is a well-needed uh, uh, niche that you've carved out for yourself. And I, you know, I want everybody to support. Um, if you have any questions or, you know, just kind of just like you said, just want a personal, you know, some of the isms that you may be dealing with, um, I'm sure that life coach cloak will be more than happy to, you know, talk with you about it. So um, I really appreciate this has been a great conversation Um, for those again, um, please hit the like and subscribe button. Um, If you are listening on YouTube, please subscribe and just hit that like to get the algorithm going and to share. Um, You may know um, someone or, or a company that you know could, you know, definitely benefit from um, Life Coach Clothes um, services, please pass that on to your um, colleagues. So once again, thank you so much. And I appreciate you. And I will be reaching out to you because I have another um, 
uh, consult that I would like to, for you to do for one of my other businesses. So I, I will yeah. be definitely uh, reaching out to you about that. Fantastic. Well, thank you for having me so much here, Harriet. I really appreciate it and really love connecting with you. I love connecting with lots of life coaches who just, we you know, we're, we're kind of a, a different breed. We just, we want people to be the best selves and Absolutely. we want to be there our best selves. And so it's just, just a great place to be. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, everybody. You guys stay safe and have a great day. Yeah, y'all have a good day.